Hey friends, it has been kind of a long, weird week. And one of the things that happened in the last week is that Mint announced that it's basically shutting down. So Intuit owns Mint and said some of the functionality will be moving over to Credit Karma, but not some things that people really love about Mint, like budgeting. (laughs) So I wanted to rerun this episode from last year where I talk about all the different tools that I've used when it comes to expense tracking, in case that's helpful, the pros, the cons, what I liked, what I didn't like. It's a big thing. Like there there are people who have been using for Mint for a really long time. I I think I started using Mint in 2008 and I only switched away from it within the last year or two. And it's a big deal. Like if that's your home base and you have to find something else, it was hard for me to make the change. And I was making the change as someone who wanted to do that. So having to change with not a lot of notice and not having it be your choice, that's a lot. I hope that this is helpful and I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Okay, bye. Hi, I'm Liz from Liz Gets Loaded. That's the money kind of loaded, but this is the show where I sit in my closet, drink wine, and talk about money and anxiety. I have both. Hi, hi, hi. I, okay, I posted something on Instagram. I was like, hey, I think about doing a blog post or a podcast episode about this topic. And then I immediately got a bunch of DMs that were like, oh my gosh, yes, please do that. So the topic was all of the different apps that I have used to track my spending and what I think about them and what the differences are and the pros and cons. And this is, I mean, I want to preface this by saying this is like a highly unscientific. This is just me and my experience and how I feel about it. This is not the kind of like comprehensive review you would get um, from a website like NerdWallet, I think does a lot of reviews of these kinds of tools. So um, so this is just me and like, this is what I liked about it. And this is what I didn't. And I'm going to talk about five different tools. I I guess I'll tell you what the tools are. So number one is you need a budget, aka YNAB. Number two, I'm combining Monarch Money with Mint because they were incredibly similar. Um, Number three is the My Wealth Diary tool. I'm forgetting what it's called. I think it's called the My Wealth Tracker, but from the woman who runs the account called My Wealth Diary. So that's what I call it. And then number four is personal capital. And number five is every dollar. So, all right, let's let's just jump right in. So I'm actually going to jump in, spoiler alert, with my favorite. It's You Need a Budget. Um, I've only been using it this year just for a few months, but I really like it. It's really, I don't know how to explain this, but it's just really fun to use. Like it's extremely satisfying when you go to assign money to your um, categories. And there's also a huge online community of people who like to use it. So I think that contributes to it being more fun. So wine, it's also fun to say. So it's you need a budget or abbreviated as YNAB or YNAB. Um, so YNAB gets the like trophy for most fun. And really that's what I'm looking for. So that's why it's my favorite thing. So some actual like pros and cons here if you're thinking about using it. Um, the thing about YNAB is that it is very different than other budget tools. And it's essentially an electronic envelope system. So if you've ever heard of envelope budgeting, where like you get a bunch of envelopes and on one you write groceries and then you put $500 into the grocery envelope and then every time you go to shop for groceries you just take cash out of that envelope very satisfying like very easy way to track your spending know how much money you have left over in a category I would do that except for the fact that I hate cash and I do like tracking my money electronically so that would never work for me but YNAB is essentially a digital envelope system it took me a little bit of time to get used to but now I really really like it so um I'll give you some pros and cons and then one thing I think is neither a pro or a con so um some pros it automatically 
pulls in transactions for you so it'll sync with your bank account and all your credit cards. I mentioned that because it didn't use to. So I tried YNAB like, I don't know, I think it was 10 years ago, but you had to manually enter all of your transactions. And I just knew that I wasn't going to keep up with that. So that was a thumbs down for me. Um, the other great thing about it though, is it has this really magical way to add transactions that haven't synced yet. So like today I went out to eat and I went to a restaurant and I spent $31. And so I went ahead and like typed that into my YNAB app because I was thinking about it. And then once my credit card transactions pull in automatically, it's going to match those. So like I can update my budget now, even if the transactions hasn't synced yet. That's really important for me because I use a bank that really does not play well with any of these tools that are supposed to sync automatically. So being able to enter those manually and then just have YNAB catch up later is pretty magical for me. (laughs) That might not be you. Like if you use a bank that plays really nicely with these kinds of systems, that might not be important for you. But sometimes I'll have like a week or two my main bank where it's just not pulling in transactions and it's really frustrating and with other tools I've gone in and manually added the transaction but then if it ever syncs later you just end up with a duplicate and it's really frustrating so that um, tool alone almost makes this worth it for me Um, the other thing that I think is like really kind of a game changer about YNAB is that it puts all of your new transactions into like an inbox so I used Mint for a long time I'll talk about Mint and it pulls in transactions and it categorizes them which is great but it'll just kind of like guess what it thinks something is and if it's wrong you know you can look at it and catch it but what YNAB does is like all like let's say you do 10 transactions today and it'll be like hey you have 10 new transactions and you have to categorize each one or approve the category that we automatically assign to it and those kind of are in in like an inbox mint and I don't think any other tool does it that way they just categorize your transactions throw them into the budget if you happen to catch that it's wrong then you can change it but again sometimes these syncs are delayed so sometimes the transaction doesn't show up until a few days later and you might not see it if you're just reviewing your most recent transactions so big thumbs up for YNAB for that um it's also really really easy to change your budget categories and to move them around and to say like oh I want to put I just want to have one category for food oh wait no now I want to have groceries and um restaurants and coffee shops oh wait actually I don't want to put coffee shops under food I want to put coffee shops under joy or fun or (laughs) personal spending or something like that it's really easy to move things around like all your transactions kind of can really easily be recategorized or renamed and that part is really great. Um, My last pro for YNAB is that I've heard that they have great customer service. I've never had to use it but I've heard that and so I think that's fantastic. Let's see. Okay on the con side um, I'll say it's a little bit I think it's the most expensive thing on my list here. It's about $100 a year or I think $15 and I did a few months of just paying the monthly because I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not but then I did commit and I paid I want to say it's $99 for the year. I don't know it's on their website but it's a cost right and I think their idea is that because you're tracking your spending so closely you are going to save more than $100 every year just by like curbing your spending by using a tool I don't know if that's true for me because I track spending for a really long time but like I said it's just fun and I like it and so it was worth to me to pay for it I think another big con for you need a budget though is there is definitely a learning curve and I had heard that but I was like I don't think that applies to me because we're pretty smart and I use a lot of software tools and I am pretty smart about budgeting like I just think that I'm going to be able to pick this up and that wasn't true I've watched I don't know at least two hours of YouTube videos <laughs> it was fun like I enjoyed it um but you definitely can't just like start using it you just have to watch some instructions or read some instructions like it, it's I think it would be really unusual for someone to just sit down and understand how how to use it and sometimes I still get a little bit confused but overall I really like it um one other downside is that it doesn't track what happens on your paycheck um so when your direct deposit hits 
it's it, it tracks like, hey, we see that you had a deposit into your checking account. But it, of course, it doesn't know like what was on your paycheck. So what taxes were taken out or your 401k contributions. You definitely could enter that manually if you wanted to. Um, I don't do that because that seems like pain. I do do a little bit of like side calculation just in a spreadsheet once a month to kind of figure out my um, post-tax income is. And it would be nice if there was a way to easily manage that, but that's okay. And then the last thing I wanted to say about you need a budget is it really is just like a different approach to budgeting. Um, it, it's truly zero-based budgeting and it takes some getting used to. So I used Mint for a really long time, like 10 years. And I was just very used to kind of forecasting for the month and looking at it in terms of the month. Like, okay, here's all the money I expect to have come as income. And here is the money I expect to have going out as expenses. And like, what's the difference between those things? And the whole philosophy, I mean, I won't really go into it, but <laughs> you need a budget. It's like every dollar has a job and you only budget with the money that you already have. So ideally, like if I'm going into December, I'm not saying, okay, I'm going to get paid on like December 15th and December 31st. I'm thinking, what money do I already have in, excuse me, <laughs> in my checking account right now? And what am I going to use that money for? And so it doesn't really, it, you can get a monthly running total of like how much you've spent or how much you made, but it doesn't put that in your face as much as other tools do because that's just not their approach to it. I'm very used to having that. I really like having that. So I go in and poke around and like find that and look at it all the time, but it's not what I'm used to. And it took, it took a lot of getting used to. So I would say, I mean, my recommendation, I really like, you need a budget. I'm still using it. My recommendation is if you're thinking about trying it, they give you, I think a 30 day trial. I think you really have to try it for a few months. I feel like it wasn't until after three months that I thought, all right, okay. No, I actually really like so. I, so that's how I feel about that. That's number one. That was a lot of things that I just said. I, I don't know if I'll have as much to say about the other tools. Okay. Uh, number one was you need a budget. Number two is I'm combining Monarch Money and Mint because I used Mint for like 10 years. I only used Monarch Money for a week. They were so similar that I'm going to lump them together. Now the pros for both of them are that they are incredibly easy to use. Like so, so, so easy. The interface is super friendly. You don't need to read the instructions. You don't need to watch a video. You can download this and start using it. You'll totally get it. Like you'll just hit the button that says add account. <laughs> and it's not, it's not hard to poke around. I found I liked Mint's user interface a little bit better than Monarch Money, but I completely think that that might be because I've used Mint for 10 years and I used Monarch Money for one week. So certainly there is probably some bias there. Um, On the con side, so these both same as uh, YNAB, like neither of them track what happens on your paycheck, like taxes, 401k contributions. You could add that all manually. Again, that's kind of a pain. It's not really designed to do that, but you could do that if you want to. And then I think the other con for both of these is that they have kind of a limited ability to like look back or to look into the future. Specifically Mint, um, Monarch Money might actually be a little bit better here, but you can't start budgeting like for next month until it happens in Mint. You can't do anything in January until January 1st. And then it doesn't really let you look back easily to say like, what was happening in March of 2017? Now you might not want to do that that often. I probably maybe want to do that like more than the average bear because I'm a dork and I like <laughs> spend a lot of time looking at my own budget. I actually recently passed my like 10 year anniversary um, of using Mint. Maybe it was last year and I... I don't remember. Anyways, I was thinking like, oh, it would be really fun to see how much I've spent on like food total for the last 10 years, that kind of thing. So I think that's interesting. That is actually like pretty easy to get to. You can kind of look at an all time view, which is really nice. Another nice thing about Mint, actually, I forgot to say this in pros, but it's pretty easy to do point in time reporting. So if you want to know like what your balance was in an account as of a certain date in the past, it's pretty easy to pull that up. And I have used that a lot. Uh, I like that. Again, I don't know if that's helpful for anyone else. I, like I don't, I say I use it a 
lot. I mean, I've used it like several times. It's something that I like, but I would say the average person is probably not looking at that kind of thing that often. So, so yeah. Okay. So number one was you need a budget. Number two was Monarch Money and Mint. I combined those. I actually tried to, I was kind of Googling like Monarch Money versus Mint to see if I had missed another major difference between those two. And Monarch Money has something on their website that's like, here's the difference. And none of those things seemed especially relevant to me. You can look that list yourself if you want, but there are things like we have customer service and Mint doesn't. I've never used customer service. Like I've never wanted to use customer service for Mint. So like that doesn't really change that much. Um, another thing that Monarch Money said they had is you can like share, you can assign it. You can share a budget with someone else. So you each have your own login, but the account is shared, which I also don't think is that helpful. I, I share Mint with someone else and just share the same login. Um, and I think it had, it said it had better like future planning. So anyways, worth checking out. Monarch Money also costs money though. And Mint is completely free. So none of those differences struck me as worth paying money for, but that's, that's just me. All right. So that was number two. Number three is the my, my words is the my wealth diary tracker. So if you're not familiar, there's an account on Instagram called at my wealth diary. And the woman who runs that account made this really beautiful spreadsheet and she sells it on Etsy. Um, I think she sold a lot. Like I think she sold, I want to say 10,000 of them, something like that. Um, or if she hasn't hit 10,000 yet, I'm sure she will soon. Cause it's almost January when people start using that kind of thing. Now the biggest pro to this tracker is it gives you lots and lots, lots of pretty graphs. I mean, really pretty. And so especially, <laughs> maybe this sounds silly, but if you're a person who wants to like post this kind of thing on Instagram, like you can just screenshot these graphs and they look really awesome. And that's probably a corner case, but I mean, I can see the use case for that. Um, the Another big pro is that it's only a one-time cost. I want to say it's $25. There, she's running sales all the time. I'm sure there'll be a sale around here. Message her and ask her when she's going to run a sale or if she has a promo code going and there's usually one for like 10% off. Um, the person who runs that account is just a really lovely human. So I feel good about like supporting a very small micro business. And the whole thing actually lives in Google Sheets. So um, it, the, the product really is a Google Sheet um, that you download and then you enter in all of your own information. And that means that it's incredibly customizable because it's a Google Sheet, right? Like, so if you wanted to change a formula, you want to change the color, you want to change the font. Oh my gosh, it comes by default. I mean, when I downloaded it, the default font was Georgia, which takes very ugly numbers. I was like, oh no, this is terrible, but it's changeable. So it's not a big deal. <laughs> um, the cons are that you have to enter all of your transactions manually. Every single thing you type into the tool because it's a Google sheet, right? It doesn't know what's going on in your bank account or in your check account. I would say that there is a small learning curve on this one. It's not as much as you need a budget, but it's more than Mint or Monarch money. Like you do have to read the instructions. I started diving in and just entering stuff in and I got confused. And then I went back and I read the instructions. It's like, oh, I am not doing this right. <laughs> so that's just something to know. Maybe it's not a pro or a con, but just something to know. One thing I have definitely found as a con is it is not easy to edit or change budget categories. Again, because it's a Google Sheet. So like if you go in and you enter all your categories when you first start using it, like you decide what you want your categories to be. And then when you enter transactions, you change them. So if you go in and you want to change the name of one of the categories, you would then need to go in and like recategorize every transaction that was assigned to that category. And so if you're thinking about using this, this is like my number one tip for using the MyWell Diary Tracker is every transaction you can assign a category and then a subcategory. So you might have a category of food and then subcategory groceries, restaurant, takeout, coffee, etc. And so my suggestion is you set your category as like food and then your subcategory, rather than labeling it restaurant, label it food hyphen restaurant, food dash coffee, because you'll end up with like pets. I kind of have like a other. And so I don't want to just label that other. I 
want to label it like pets other because that's a lot easier to find that category when I'm trying to categorize something. Again, it's a sheet. So the thing about it is that like you, it's very customizable, but it also means it's not going to stop you from like doing something silly. <laughs> that makes sense. So you could theoretically go in and like, let's say um, you categorize something as food, but then the subcategory, you didn't choose like an actual food category. I'm not explaining as well. So let's say I have a food category and a shopping category and I went to the grocery store and I labeled it food, but then I gave it a subcategory under shopping like clothes. It's not going to stop you from doing that. It means your graphs aren't going to populate correctly. Like it's not work well. So anyways, just, just trust me if you're going to use this tool, label all your subcategories with the name of the category in it. Okay. Um, And that's really like the last thing on the list of cons for me for the My Wealth Diary tool is that I know just enough about Excel and Google Sheets to muck it up and I don't know how to fit. Like I've definitely screwed up and gone in and, and tried to be like, oh, I'm just going to add this column or I'm just going to copy paste this in. And then all of a sudden none of my graphs work or something looks really off or it won't load. And so either don't try to change anything, I guess, or be smarter than I am about all how all of this works. I will say um, like kind of the bottom line for me, the best way to use my wealth diary tracker, and I really like it, um, was to use something else. So like use Mint or use You Need a Budget and then just punch it all into that spreadsheet once a month. Like I was definitely not going to be adding every transaction every day, but I, it wasn't too tough to just like copy and paste or export them out of something else and, and put them in there once a month. Or what I started doing is, so going back to the food category, like let's say I had a category of food and I had a subcategory of groceries. So if I went to the grocery store four times and let's say I just spent $100 each time, rather than in the My Wealth Diary Google Sheet typing in like, okay, December 1st, groceries, $100. Like December 10th, groceries, $100. December 18th, groceries, $100. Instead of typing each one in individually, I would just say like December 1st, $400. So at the end of the month, I just go in and put the total that I spend in that category. And now I get all of the analysis, all of the totals, like all of the beautiful charts update correctly, but I don't have to type in each transaction visually and that works. Okay. So the first three, like I said, you need a budget. That was my favorite. Monarch Money and Mint. I think those are very similar to each other. They're super easy, but a lot. Um, the My Wealth Diary Checker, in my mind, is a really great companion to either of those and it's gorgeous. It gives you some pretty graphs, uh, but you have to not screw it up. Three. Number four is personal capital. I'm not going to talk about this one a ton. Um, the pros are that it's really focused on investing and the cons are that it's really focused on investing. <laughs> so it's not really intended to be a budgeting tool as much as it's intended to be more of like a net worth tracker. So I think this is again one that maybe like pairs well with the others. It's more in my mind like an accessory tool. Um, it's free to use. You just have to watch out. They will call you and try to um, sell you financial advising services. So if that's not something you're interested in, just tell them that or don't answer your phone when they call. But that's how I feel about personal capital. It also has some pretty nice graphs. I see people um, posting screenshots of the nice blue net worth graph from personal capital all the time. And that's really like my thing about it. <laughs> that was number four. So to recap again, num my number one is you need a budget. Um, I didn't mean to, I guess they kind of are in the order. So I think that most people should use a tracker like my number one, you need a budget or number two, Monarch Money or Mint are similar. And then I think number three, my wealth diary is a great accessory for either of those, like something to, to set alongside of those, get all the additional analysis. Um, I think number four, personal capital is another thing that's great. Just have not as like your only tool, but in addition to other expense tracker. And then number five, I kind of just put this on Joe. I kind of just put this on the list to be a little bit silly, but every dollar, um, I didn't try it. <laughs> this is a Dave Ramsey product. I have heard people say they're like, I don't like Dave Ramsey, but I actually like love this product and I've never found anything else that I like. 
like as much. Um, I'm just not a fan of that guy, so I've never tried it. If you've tried it and you love it, tell me. But I think there's other tools out there. The other thing I guess I didn't list in this five is just my own spreadsheet, which I used to use in conjunction with Mint. I would just kind of take the monthly rules, plug it in so I could see a better view of the whole year and a better forecast of the whole year. Again, because Mint doesn't have great sort of future looking capabilities. Um, really almost none of these do. Yeah, really like none of these do. <laughs> back none of them really give you a way to kind of plan for the rest of year so I've used all of these I still use my own spreadsheets I still track things outside of any of these tools the thing about these tools is that none of them are going to have every single feature that you want none of them are going to be perfect none of them are going to get the auto categorization right every time none of them sync perfectly every time so at the end of the day you know if you want something done right you do kind of have to do it yourself I recommend tracking something separately like in your own spreadsheet Um, I also really recommend creating an Instagram account about your own budget and your personal finances so that you have a, have a backup. Like if I want to look at what my savings rate was this year, I mean, I don't go look at my wealth diary. I start on Instagram first. I'm like, post what it is every month. I'll just go look there. So in any case, that's my opinion. This is what I do. If you think I got it wrong on any of these tools, you tell me if you decide to try any of the tools because I told you about them. I just be so, so, so excited if you told me about that. And yeah, I hope this is helpful or entertaining. Maybe entertaining i don't know <laughs> you tell me tell me your thoughts me almost every day on instagram and it completely makes my day when someone messages me and says that they listen to the podcast or have a comment or a thought um i don't get as many of them it's not like instagram like instagram you post something and then you know there's a button right there to leave a comment or or like it or or whatever but it's not the same with podcasts. So I get really excited. So if you have any thoughts about any of the episodes and you want to tell me, um, I get really pumped when I when I get those. So so thanks for those. Okay. Whoa, 20 minutes. Longest episode ever. Okay, bye.